I want you to welcome Paul Zerarto. But before we do that, I want to talk a little bit about my friends that are new sponsor in Stitch You. I'm loving these guys. They specialize in men's wear for the modern gentleman. I consider myself a modern gentleman. Say, take your measurements. Say, everything's online. I ordered this stuff online. I got custom-made shirts, custom-made suits. And I got to tell you, they've got this thing called the perfect fit guarantee. If it doesn't fit, they'll take it back. They'll get it fixed for you, which they've had to do for me. Okay, because look, I change a little bit and we got it perfect. And now, man, I'm ordering six shirts, six shirts, three jackets, three jackets. I'm, you know, I love the good stuff. I love the good clothes. Wear, wear my boots, my cowboy boots and wear my jeans. And I wear a really nice custom made shirt and custom made jacket because why? I can't. So visit and stitch you. It's I-N-S-T-I-T-C-H-U dot com. That's right. And you'll start looking better today. So let's go talk to Paul. Former Fortune 100 C-suite executive Jeffrey Hazlett takes you inside the good, the bad, and the ugly of businesses today. Saddle up. It's time for All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett. So my first question is I'm looking through your background, and I I read all about this Israeli self-defense system. So what's that got to do with business? It's interesting you ask that because uh, it really, from a physical standpoint, it has nothing to do with business. But from a, uh, a mental standpoint, I'd say it has a lot to do with business. Um, yeah. Well, we're always defending off something. We're in a fight yeah, all the exactly. time. You know, I tell people to go get your, yeah, go get your biggest enemy. And that's, <laughs> that's probably one of them. But so I, I don't know. So what's it called? Krav Maga? Krav Maga. Okay, so that, there's my ignorance there. But I, I now I know Aikido. I know some of the other others that are out there, but I've never heard of this before, and that's just my own ignorance. Tell me about it. So Krav Maga means uh, contact combat. So it's mm-hmm. uh, it was designed by a, a gentleman named Emi Lichtenfeld, uh, and it was his way of um, more or less getting the Israeli defense forces up to speed with you know learning. Essentially, self, uh, you know, self-defense, uh, continuous movement forward combatives uh, mm-hmm. during their wars. So it's, uh, it's designed to be learned very, very quickly. And I would say compared to other martial arts, it's very lethal. So uh, mm. in Krav Maga, I mean, you're not sitting here trying to win points. You're actually trying to destroy your opponent. So. So, I mean, I'm, I'm, as I said, I was very familiar with the keto in terms of using their energy, and that, it'd be interesting. I'm going to go look at this a little bit more. What turned you on to that? Well, it's actually, I've been in martial arts for a long time, mm-hmm. and uh, I'd say I've, I've pretty much studied many different disciplines. And, you know, I've uh, I've been down the uh, Taekwondo route, uh, Shotokan, um, you know, boxing and general MMA. And during my, my studies in the mixed martial arts, we started to cover areas of self-defense. And I'd say, you know, you start learning some basic, you know, self-defense movements. Then I was in the military. And in the military, we learned something called MICMAP, which is the Marine Corps version of essentially Krav Maga. So when I came out of the military, you know, I, I got back into uh, aggressive martial arts and, uh, one of my, uh, we'll call him a Shihan, uh, Shihan Mike Baca, he introduced me to really basic Krav Maga. And then I started to explore you know, it a little bit deeper and met up with a guy named David Khan, who is the, uh, the chief instructor for the IKMA or Israeli Krav Maga Association out of uh, Israel. And you know, he just, he opened up a whole new world for me in regards to Krav Maga. And I'd say, you know, compared to the other sports, 
Um, this is very different. It's uh, it's designed to, you know, uh, strengthen your body and mind together, and it's designed to, you know, teach you how to win and be prepared for you know any obstacle. So, what do you take from that to the business side? Well, you got to think. I mean, the, the the premise of Krav Maga is that you're always prepared. You're always prepared to defeat your enemy. So, I would say if you if you bring it into the business world, it's uh, it's always being prepared, always assessing your environment, looking at your competition as a threat, and you know uh, trying to identify their weaknesses to to win the battle. So, I would say when it comes yeah. to you know correlation with business, it's you know, you're bringing the, you, you have the toughness with the body, but, you know, you're also able to assess the the competition and really, you know, uh, hone in on weaknesses and try to defeat that opponent, you know, or your competition. Mm-hmm. Are, you, are you Israeli? I am not Israeli. I'm as, as, American, as American as it gets. So, <laughs> <laughs> okay. um, well, it's just kind of interesting to see the background and to see the connection with that. And obviously you, you've, you drank the Kool-Aid. And so, some, I was going to yeah. say, I drink the Kool Aid so much. I actually just just returned from Israel, so I I went out to Israel. Yeah, oh, wow. <laughs> so yeah. Um, I'm one of those guys that um, if uh, if something works, you know, you try to find out the origin of uh, where it was developed, and you know, you learn from the master. So uh, I actually put together a team. Mm-hmm. We uh, we went on a a trip to Israel to uh, Netanya, Israel, with Dave Khan and a few others, and. Uh, I not only got to learn Krav Maga, but I, uh, I actually put together a documentary on finding the origins of Krav Maga, so, um, which, uh, which should be out in uh, early 2018. So it should be pretty neat. Where are you going to put Where is that going to be? We're, we're communicating with a couple, a few organizations now. So I would say uh, mm-hmm. you know, we're looking for not just the highest bidder, but the, uh, the best uh, organization to uh, present that medium. Oh, fantastic! Well, we should talk to you about C Suite TV. Maybe, maybe it's uh, maybe it's apropos for C Suite TV and what our network and get it on uh, Apple, Roku, and Amazon Fire and everywhere else we're at. But uh, oh yeah, I would love it. You know, and uh, there's actually a component to where we're uh, we're working with a guy named uh, Eyal Yanilov who actually developed something uh, called Krav Maga for the uh, the boardroom. So uh, so I've actually been looking to uh, bring something like this to the United States to where, you know, we could teach executives, see, you know, the C-suite on how to, you know, leverage those different tactics, the, the mindset, the physical presence, and, you know, essentially assess and, you know, beat the competition. Yeah. yeah well, you know, cause it's not just the physical side of it. It's really the mental side. I mean, isn't it? I mean, that's a big portion of the, the discipline you have in these sports. Yeah, it really is. I mean, I'd say, I'd say, think of it like this too, to where, um, there's a big difference between sport and survival. And I'd say that's, mm-hmm. that's my life. My life story is about, you know, it's not, it's not, it's not about winning some points. It's about surviving and conquering the, uh, or achieving the unachievable. And I'd say when it comes to Krav Maga, you know, I, I don't see it as a, as a sport. It's a way of surviving and a way of winning, you know? Um, so it's just, you know, the application, not just to uh, business, but to life in general, it's just limitless. It's playing for keeps. Yeah, it's playing for keeps. It's playing to win. Yeah, that's what we do in business. You're not playing for sports. Playing for yeah. keeps. This is oh, yeah. serious stuff, you know. So you, so how would you describe your business? I mean, could I look at all the things that you're doing? You know, serial entrepreneur, your investor. You know, obviously, you mentioned a veteran. Uh, some philanthropist. I look up, you know, I looked at your firm there. 
couple hundred people. So it's, you know, good sized stuff all the way around. So what is it that you would really say this is what, you know, Paul does? Um, I would say uh, I solve problems. And mm-hmm. uh, I mean, beyond, you know, just doing general business, I, I don't think I would categorize the type of business that I, uh, I like to focus on. Um, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a problem solver. I like to solve problems. And, you know, when, uh, for example, when, um, you know, we, we created a company called Delcon Construction because uh, we worked with a small software firm named Microsoft. Uh, they had an issue with, you know, controlling the, uh, the construction development, uh, construction management for building these, uh, this Azure platform, this new database platform, uh, this cloud platform. And uh, they originally were trying to, to leverage a system that wasn't quite homegrown. And they said, hey, you know, uh, what could we do? And I saw a grand opportunity there to create a system, a platform that could actually manage the uh, the controls, you know, manage and control the uh, the cost aspects of delivering these large, you know, data centers. Um, so I'd say, you know, I'm a problem solver. I look for gaps. I look for opportunities, and uh, I try to fill those gaps with, uh, you know, mini or or mid sized businesses. So, and uh, I've been mm-hmm. doing it for myself and for many, many, many clients over the past twenty years. But you're doing some training too, right? I, I read where you're actually doing tactical training. I, I saw that actually the combat CEO. I, I do some tactical training, yes. I mean, so uh, so like I said, I was in the military for eight years and I went in as a nuclear ET and, uh, you know, we learned physics, uh, you know, different electronical, electric electric theories and, uh, you know, processes and stuff like that. And then, and then I actually met a new ET in the, in the Navy and I said, I don't want to do that anymore. So, uh, so I transitioned <laughs> down into advanced electronics and then, uh, did that for a little bit and then I got into a, uh, supporting some security forces. And then, uh, and then we were actually at the point of using our communication skills and technology skills to track uh, terror, terrorist cells throughout the, uh, the Middle East and Mediterranean. So, um, mm-hmm. and then I got into, you know, some c- combative training and stuff with the Marines. And, you know, I've always kind of done that in my life with, you know, myself, my dad and stuff like that. And, uh, so yeah, so I've been doing combative training since the military before and probably for the past 10 plus years now with, uh, my own organization called VMMA, which is a, a, a martial mm-hmm. arts and combative school. And so was your father in the military? My dad was. Yeah, he was. uh, He was in the U.S. Marine Corps for Mm -hmm. two tours in Vietnam. And uh, although, you know, he he did do his service for for us in uh, the military, he wasn't the best guy. Um, He was an abusive, Mm -hmm. you know, alcoholic drug user. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you you make choices in life and uh, you run with it. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I know some experience there as well. Where do you know where he was stationed in Vietnam? I'm just curious. Uh, honestly, I don't know. All I know yeah. is that uh, he had some uh, hellish stories, I could tell you. Yeah, there's some tough stuff. Yeah. I'm sure my dad was there for three tours and Da Nang a couple of times. And uh, it, it, the stuff these guys had to do and what they did and uh, more power to them. Could different world today than it was back then. Yeah, absolutely. And, a lot less control back then. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So, um, what is it you're What is it you're doing right now that you really like the most? Um, so right now, I would say the uh, things I like the most. It's uh, comes down to uh, from a business perspective. Um, I'm working with an organization called Companion Shot, and we do uh, 
we uh, actually support the development of project management offices with uh, mm-hmm. large organizations around the world. And I'd say that's, uh, that's more or less my forte, kind of building many organizations with any organization, you know, optimizing cost, efficiencies. So I have a lot of, uh, a lot of fun there. And uh, beyond that, we're building a, a franchise uh, for martial arts and combative training. My, uh, my wife is more or less leading that. And, uh, you know, I do 15 or so other things with the free time that I have and, <laughs> and beyond business, you know, I, uh, I spend a lot of time with my kids. Oh, that's awesome. How many kids you got? I have three. I have, uh, Good for you. you know, 12, 12, 12, nine and seven. I mean, it's like you pop so many out, you start forgetting who they are. <laughs> well, I understand. I could, I could get that. I, uh, you do, but it's good that you're involved and you're around and you're doing that. So, hey, let me take a quick break. I want to just take a quick break and then I'll come right back and I got a lot more questions and I'm enjoying this. So I want to talk a little bit about uh, tax season. It's not tax season, but it is. Everybody's talking about it and the tax bill passed and now we're they got to start thinking about this new year and what we're doing with it. So it's never too late to start thinking about your taxes. The folks at Liberty Taxes uh, Service, which is Sempre Tax. I don't know if you've heard about that yet, but you should. Uh, they're doing some great stuff uh, there in terms of the Latin and Hispanic communities. They're open year round to assist the community w- with not just tax preparations, but other services and translations and notary services. So you should stop into Sempre Tax now, stop into Liberty Tax office and visit and find out um, more about what you can do there. So I encourage everybody to do that because, you know, before you know it, it'll be on top of it. You got to file and you got to get all your stuff in. And whether it's personal or your business, I want you to be able, uh, I want you, I don't want you getting in trouble. So get it done, get it done and figure it out, especially with the new tax law. We got to figure out how to deal with it. So um, you do your own taxes, Paul? I, I actually do. <laughs> I do have, you really? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Within the companies, we have a few tax uh, CPAs, so uh, tax specialists. And I no say, way, Jose. Yeah, I'll do the base, and then uh, they uh, they ensure I don't go to jail. So, so how did you get started in business? You're in the military. You come out of the military. Then what? I, I mean, honestly, it's uh, I've always been kind of a uh, entrepreneur. I mean, from a from a little little kid. To where you know, I guess business is in my blood, and uh, I say there's a big difference between uh, needs-based business operators and wants-based business operators. To where many people want to start a business. Uh, for me, I more or less needed to start a business to more to to uh, to pretty much function in life. I mean, we we grew up with uh, not too much money. I mean, we were always moving around in my uh, my crazy life with my my dad and. Uh, you know, when you would watch the other kids, you know, come to school with, you know, cool new clothes or, you know, they, you see them playing with their own toys. And, you know, I didn't have those luxuries at times, you know, so I uh, I started creating these little opportunities when I was uh, when I was a kid. And uh, I think that just stayed with me all my life. So um, what was the first business you did? Your, your own we, back back when you were a little kid, what were you doing? All right, so so this is pretty cool. So I'll give you I'll give you my uh, my philosophy on uh, as a kid trying to uh, acquire toys without money. So I remember I was in school and uh, remember those little GI Joe guys, the four inch GI Joe guys. Oh yeah, I used to have the big ones. I had the big ones, but yeah, the little. I remember the little ones too. Yeah, yeah. the little ones, right? I'm sitting in uh, I think it was kindergarten, first grade, and I remember this guy, this kid Danny, who was playing with this 
all these GI Joes during recess. And I said, wow, I wish I could have those, you know? And, you know, I went back to my mom. I said, hey, can I get some GI Joe guys? Well, we can't afford it. So I came in, I said to Danny, hey, can I have a GI Joe guy? And of course, Dan's not just going to give me a GI Joe guy. So, so what I did observe though, in addition to him playing with his GI Joes, uh, the kids would play with these uh, like paper Chinese stars, these like, you know, these like handmade Chinese stars. And I said to myself, wow, you know, there's, there, there might be an opportunity here. So I befriended this guy, uh, oh, I can't even remember his name now, but he showed me how to make them. And I remember I went home that night and I filled a, uh, one of those paper, brown paper bag, uh, lunch bags with a bunch of those paper Chinese stars. And I came in the next day and I bartered with Danny for a GI Joe guy. And I said, wait a second, this mm-hmm. works. So I started, you know, ripping out bags of Chinese stars. And, you know, before you knew it, I had this awesome collection of G.I. Joe guys, you know, and I think that was by, you know, first grade. So I don't know, maybe six years old, seven years old. And then I went into, you know, drawing on pencils and selling pencils. And I remember that did pretty well. And then uh, and then when I got to uh, middle school or prior to, you know, we were. I remember going to school the first day of school and I had a Bart Simpson t-shirt on and these like silly looking, you know, tie dyed wash jeans. And I felt like such a dork. And, uh, so, uh, I decided to start a little candy business in, uh, like seventh grade. And, you know, I remember I was, I went to a place called ShopRite on the East coast. I bought, you know, three Kit-Kat bars mm-hmm. for a dollar, went to school the next day, sold them three bucks. I went back to ShopRite, bought nine, sold them, you know, uh, and boom, it was, you know, the, 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 the candy man started. So I think I did that for three years and I was making 200 bucks a week plus. So yeah. the sugar man, you were the sugar man, the sugar man so. <laughs> <laughs> business is in my blood. I mean, and, and it comes down to, you know, uh, needs based versus wants based. I needed to do something because if I didn't, I, you know, I was wearing the same Bart Simpson T-shirt all year. So, no, so you got a book coming out though between needs and wants, isn't that right? I do, I do. Um, you know, it's uh, with uh, Postal Press, and um, we uh, we finally put together a, a deal with them to uh, take some of these ideas that I have, these strategies from uh, that I've leveraged from a from a young young boy to you know that I still use today, uh, such as you know, bartering, how can you pretty much get what you want without having money? I mean, how do you, how do you generate sales without having any sales training? Because, you know, essentially we're all salesmen and saleswomen, you know, we all, life is about, you know, selling yourself, negotiating, you know, making deals happen and, uh, you know, uh, going through basic accounting. I mean, you see all of these, you know, uh, these, these entrepreneurs that come out and, you know, how essentially do they, understand the fundamentals of accounting when they've never been trained in accounting, you know? So, um, I have a, a great philosophy of you don't buy it if you don't have money, you know, and, uh, save first before you start spending, you know, on, on crap you don't need. So, um, so yeah, I'm trying to put a lot of these philosophies into a, uh, into a, a book to make it coherent. So, uh, I could distribute that to a lot of my mentees. So what's what's better, a need or a want? Well, you got to think. I mean, um, if, if, 
I would say people that want something, right? There's a there's an acceptance of failure there. Okay, I mean I've worked with a lot of entrepreneurs that uh, focus on a wants based driver, and you know a lot of them go down and they say, hey, I want to do this, and you know they a lot of them only go so far. I mean when they start seeing challenges, you know I've seen so many entrepreneurs just give up because they can. You know it's a choice to where I want to do this, and then many of them you know, may lose the passion or, you know, they may get sucked into something else and then they want to do something else versus someone who needs to do it. So you got to think, I mean, what are the basic needs in life? You know, you know, food, shelter, sleep. I mean, um, you know, you need to have food, you know, so how do you get it? I mean, if you look at someone on the street, you know, a homeless man or woman on the street, I mean, I, I got to give them credit. Many of these people, they hustle to to get what they need, you know, and you got to think if you could apply those same tactics, those needs based tactics in business, I mean, what's the limit? You know, I mean, it's just a it's just for me, it's just a a premise to where a new a different foundational uh, outlook of hey, I need to do this because it's going to secure my life. I need to do this because it's going to help the people around me. I need to do this because, you know, uh I don't want to you know, stay where I came from, you know, versus, you know, I want to do it, but I don't have to do it. So what do you teach your kids? I mean, what do you teach them about this or about business in general? You mentioned the three kids you've got, well, of course, at 12. Yeah. One of them's at 12. That's, that's pretty good age for them to know some, you know, pretty advanced concepts. What do you, what do you, what do you want to instill in them? Well, I mean, as far as my kids, I mean, it, it it comes down to where, you know, growing up, nothing ever was given to me. And although at times I, I think I spoil my kids and I'm sure, you know, it has something to do with my background, never having anything. Uh, but I would say I, I have a, a great philosophy of they need to work for what they have. They need to, you know, uh, they need to take the opportunities that they're given and uh, get the most out of them, such as. You know, my daughter right now, she's uh, she's trying to, you know, learn different algebra concepts. You know, she'll sit back and say, oh, this is dumb. Why do I need to do this? And it comes down to, you know, sh- explaining to her the grand opportunity of applying these different, you know, uh, equations in the real world. Or, you know, even just uh, my son with his art, you know, going through and explaining that, you know, it's a... Uh, you know, there's a art, an art class for a reason. You know, it's it's there to open up a whole nother side of uh, the way you think. And you know, let's let's try to use this out of box thinking, this artistic approach towards you know solving problems in life. You know, um, so yeah, I mean, I'm all about instilling the same values that you know I uh, teach my mentees and into my kids, and uh, even even Krav Maga. So they all know that we're very well. So, um, and, uh, you know, we're kind of like the, uh, the martial arts geeks of, uh, you know, my, uh, my neighborhood. (laughs) What's your, what's your management style? Kind of curious to know how you manage things. So management style, I would say that, uh, I'm more so a macro manager to where I provide vision and direction. And I would say, you know, 
the, the people coming into uh, that are in the workforce today, I mean, they possess so many skills, technical skills, you know, uh, innovative skills, uh, uh, the abilities to be mini entrepreneurs themselves. And what I like to do is I like to throw challenges, challenges at them. I like to uh, give them like vision based challenges where uh, in the past you would work, you know, join a company and they would have a whole roadmap for you that says you need to do X, Y and Z in this role. For me, I would say, hey, look, you know, you're no longer just a marketer. You're now a marketer, a basic accountant, and you're also a salesperson. You got to wear these three hats. And even if they don't know how to wear those hats, you know, I think putting them into situations to where they need to, you know, grow as individuals and really explore uh, finding the the solutions to different challenges. You know, um, I don't like to give answers. I like for them to identify the answers for themselves. I will guide them to the answers, but, um, yeah, I mean, I'd say I'm a, a more or less a hands-off manager. Um, in most areas, I'd say I'm a very hands-on manager when it comes to finances though. You, you mentioned vision-based. What do you mean by vision-based? Well, vision-based to where, you know, I, I'd say I work on, I'm working on probably 16 plus different assets right now. And, you know, people sit back and they say, wow, how do you do so much? You know, there's only 24 hours in a day. And the thing is, it comes down to having really good teams that can understand the vision. All right. And, you know, it's not about, you know, just drawing a picture and saying, hey, go build this. It's about giving a, a, a big picture vision. So for example, if I wanted to build a, you know, a software business that focuses on construction, you know, it's, you know, that may be the big vision. Now it's coming down and breaking that into, you know, uh, stories. I, you know, I'm all about this agile based, you know, or adaptive based uh, uh, project management and progression through delivering companies to where you could break it down into these, you know, components and you could put a team member or team members on, you know, different components or, you know, uh, uh, more holistic components and then drive you know, bringing all of those pieces together. So, um, and again, I'm not going to give them the answer. I'm going to give them the, the, uh, the, the, the guide, the guidance on where to go and uh, ensure they don't fail, but even failure, failure is good. You know, I don't get upset when people fail. It's just, you know, if you're going to cost me money, learn from the mistake, don't do it again. Now grow because now I know for sure you're never, you're never going to do it again. And, uh, it's going to make you and this business that much better. Well, I like that piece of it on the vision base. And, you know, I tell our team sometimes when I talk about our C-suite network, is it C-suite worthy? Meaning, what does it look like? What's it feel like? How's it supposed to taste? You know, what is the level of, you know, services that we provide at that level so that they understand that because that becomes part of that vision. So therefore, when they're doing what they need to do, they get they, they do it at that level. That's That's really what you're talking about. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I like that. I like that a lot. So let me ask you uh, one last question, just kind of a crazy thing. But, you know, uh, what's the one thing that you know now that you wish you had known some time ago? Uh, one thing I wish I'd known now that I wish I knew some time ago is that, um, you know, life is about trust, but you just can't trust everyone. And, <laughs> you know, the fact is, you know, you can, you can, you know, put as much information, guidance, and, you know, faith in people, but you have to remember they're only human. And sometimes mm-hmm. I, I give people too much credit and, you know, hold their hands too much and hope that they will progress with me. 
on my team and we can grow together. And, you know, I've been burned, you know, a few times in my life and I just wish I had, you know, more, more experience, more vision, more, uh, a, a greater ability to sense that and to, uh, be proactive rather than reactive in those regards. Is it, is it a sense a sincerity kind of thing or is it more reliability and confidence? Well, I'd, I'd say it comes down to, uh, you know, honor. I mean, it's something we, we learned in the military is, um, Mm-hmm. honor, courage, and commitment. And, you know, when it comes to business, I mean, business isn't about, you know, screwing your partner. You know, it's not about, you know, taking advantage of an opportunity for your own gain. It's about- it's almost always win-win. Yeah, it's a win-win. Almost always. It's all about the yeah. team, you know, and that's where, I, that's what I focus on a lot in my life is it's about the team, what we can do together, um, how we can grow together. And if we grow together, guess what? You know, there's two, you know, four hands in the pot rather than two, how much bigger can we be? You know, and I think a lot of people, you know, fail to see that, that big picture and they say, wow, the quick win is if I did this on my own and maybe he'll, he'll never find out I can do X, Y, and Z and I can gain this versus, Hey, I'm part of the team. You know, let's, let's go, let's go on a ride. But that even applies to your customers too. I mean, if you win over your customer, then eventually they'll figure it out or find out over it. And and it's not good for them. So you got to make sure there's a win on both sides and, and that mutual respect, that mutual admiration, mutual benefit, it it just wins. I mean, it's just so good for the business and so good for you. And by the way, personally, you look yourself in the mirror. No, you didn't cheat someone. Right. Yeah. You, you know, some Jeff, let me ask you, I mean, you know, how many times, what is the, what is the, the atmosphere like these days? I mean, where's the honor? Yeah. Where's the honor gone? You know, where's the, the commitment gone? You know, where's the trust gone in business? I mean, I'd say there's still pockets, but I mean, I'd say that's one of my greatest challenges with business today is it's, it's not like it was yesterday and it's nowhere near how it is in the military. You know, it's about, you know, winning and, this is where Krav Maga comes in play heavily in my life to where you can actually start seeing this. You can start sensing who those competitors are, who those potential enemies are. But I still think it's there. I mean, do I think there's some real scuzz buckets out there yeah. in a heartbeat? You know, without question. I see, you see them all the time. They're, you see takers. Yeah. All, in this business, you'd see takers all the time. And you get, you, once you start to identify them. But, you know, if you're in the right – I mean, that's the reason why I like my C-suite network so much is because – you got to be this tall to get in the you know the building to get in the group to get be a part of it or a hero club. If you don't sign the pledge, if you don't if you don't operate yeah, like a yeah, hero business, I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to deal with you. And and that's just same thing in the military. Well, well, this is another topic for another time. And I tell you, we, I'd love to do it because I think that that's a this is a good one, Paul. You you hit on a new uh, a nerve, yeah, and I think I it's something we should talk about a little bit more. Where's the honor, God? What about the honor? Yeah. All right, my friend. Well, listen, we, we're out of time, um, but we're going to have to we have to have you back. We'll have to talk about that honor because I like that. I like that to be a great, great uh, theme. And so it's been a pleasure talking to you right here on All Business with Jeffrey Hazel. Thank you. Great. Thanks for having me, Jeff. You're listening to All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett, brought to you by C-Suite Radio, a podcast network featuring today's top business experts and is part of the C-Suite Network, the world's most trusted network of C-Suite executives. Find this and other business podcasts on c-suiteradio.com.
Hey, that was a great show. I got to tell you about Elytra Health. Now, this is the Manhattan Center for Life and Longevity. Now, a month ago, my wife and I went there. I wanted to try this out. We're talking about walking into a five-star spa. And I got met by these wonderful people who took me through all kinds of different tests. I got a CAT scan. I got a bone density. By the way, I got really great bones. I'm not only big boned, I got great bones. Now, and then I went through a whole battery of tests. Uh, I met with a guy that used to play rugby. We set up an exercise program for him. He got to help me with it. I tell you, I just couldn't get over how well this was. And then I sat with a doctor for like an hour and a half, and we went through all of the test results. My wife and I sat side by side. This is an executive service that you need to go and look at. It's Elytra, E-L-I-T-R-A Health. Dot com. Schedule your appointment today. I'm telling you, you want to go. Uh, five-star spa-like atmosphere. I never ran into another person the whole day other than talking to the doctors and nurses, nutritionists, the physiologists, and then all the technicians that were helping me get healthier right with Elytra Health. All right. Now, I also want to talk about the at the end of every show, I like to talk about what I learned. I tell you what I learned. I love the, the honor thing, but more importantly, I love the vision-based. Uh, leadership that he talked about. The fact that I lay out the vision for my employees, lay out the vision for my investors, lay out the visions for everybody, and then get everybody to understand what that means, because then they can go out and take care of running the business the way it should be run based on the vision. That's what I learned. Um, That's what I thought was the big takeaway, at least for me. I'm curious to hear what it is for you. Tweet me. Um, do, do link, hit me up on LinkedIn, hit me on Facebook, wherever you want, whatever your social media, uh, you know, platform of choices, let me know what you think about this particular show. And, uh, don't forget to tell your friends because that's how we grow. And I appreciate that so much. So it's been a pleasure having you right here on C-Suite Radio with All Business with Jeffrey Hayes. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.